Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. My name is Greg Simpson. I am your host uh, to talk about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. And uh, I've got a fellow Greg here with me, Greg Lindbergh, comedian and musician, to talk about the song Working Undercover for the Man off the album Mink Car. I've been working hard Trying to sing and play Hello, Greg. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. I uh, decided I was going to stay in my PJ pants because what's the point of having a home studio if you can't just like look like a total slob while you're doing <laughs> shit? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not putting my real pants back on. So tell... Uh, that sounds like a song. I'm not... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, nothing's going to change my clothes is a They Might Be Giants song. No one signed up for that one yet. Hmm. Nothing's gonna change me out of my pajama pants. <laughs> By me, that's my song, patent pending. So, um, tell tell the folks a little bit about the uh, your your creative endeavors. Uh, what what what's Greg Lindbergh all about? <laughs> well, uh, I'm all over the place. I uh, kind of do a um, project called Teen Brigade, which is my music project, and that's where I just do a bunch of different types of genres and screw around. And it's, uh, I think the best way to sum it up is a, a friend once wrote a review and said that I don't know if um, he's um, taken a lot of time to try and make this music and like he's a genius or if he's <laughs> just really dumb and did this really quickly. Like, I mean, that I'm paraphrasing, but I think that was like perfect okay, okay. way to describe that. Yeah, I'm... I'm bummed I, had to, I missed your last show. I mean, you have, we both have young <laughs> children, and that I don't remember what was going on that night, but it was just like the whole day I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then, like, something about the Facebook event, like the time was listed at like 7 45 p.m. start. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I know that someone just fucked that up, but like, that would be great if it started at 7 45 p.m. I think, uh, I mean, I'm really, I feel like I'm just a music nerd, fan, journalist, and to, written a lot about music but i'm not really a musician so that was just that was another excuse to just like get friends together and um sure adam gross from sm wolf um they're a great band so it was nice to see them play yeah. and i there was barely anybody there but that's how it goes sometimes yeah. at those shows but uh it was still great yeah the spot is kind of <laughs> hit or miss these days it's kind of cooled off a little bit unfortunately yeah. um back to being mostly <laughs> paul baldwin's weird jazz shit it seems like I don't know. Doppelopolis is going to be playing there on <laughs> January 5th, so we'll see if we can get anyone to show up. I don't know. We'll see if I can make it out to my own show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm tired. Too tired. And uh, have you done uh, comedy stuff at all lately? Uh, yeah, I think that's where the... 
well, I did my, it was kind of a joke, but my last show in um, May, that was supposed to be like my last show ever in comedy. <laughs> I do remember yeah, you posting Yeah, because I think you asked like, if no, I was serious joke. and yeah. I said that I transcended comedy. Because <laughs> I, I said I did my last Teen Brigade show in 2016, um, the <laughs> year before we had our first kid. And uh, I, I hadn't, the last show I played a couple weeks ago was the first one I've done since then. So it was crazy playing so, so in front of reunion. people again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah um i i actually in lafayette uh i started out with my friend um doing a band that was um people compared us to like the thugs we played with this band here the mans a lot um and we had a song called christ megazord <laughs> and uh we, the whole <laughs> the whole idea of it was we just wanted to do kind of like an andy kaufman-esque type of um, mm. band so we wanted to make people think they're being serious. I, I read, a, I was like reading about bands in New York that were just like putting a microphone and a fish and throwing it at the audience. I was like, let's just do that and be as totally serious as possible and, you know, have a straight face the whole time. Yeah. And people were just confused. And that's, it was that's, fun. I mean, that's what's going to happen, especially the first few times you do it until people, until people start coming again and they know yeah. to expect, expect the unexpected. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, bringing it to They Might Be Giants, I mean, their 80s live shows sound like they were pretty bonkers. I mean, they weren't like the butthole surfers or anything, but they were playing with like, I mean, they were playing with more like typical rock bands, like, you know, the replacements and stuff. But I mean, they were crazy on stage for their own drunken reasons. But it sounds like they were playing with a lot of weird bands that none Mm -hmm. of us would have ever heard of because they never made it out of that little neighborhood you know in brooklyn or whatever uh but have you do you, uh, how much okay so to your fandom of they might be giants mm-hmm. how um how deep does it go do you do you are you would you consider yourself a super fan a fan a casual fan oh, not so. a fan no i am a f- more of a fan later in life but i um, probably have the same story you probably will hear a lot of people tell you i, I think i'm a <laughs> Few few years younger than you, so yeah, definitely Tiny Toons. So. Yeah, <laughs> every fucking episode. Yeah, <laughs> even though I'm with my parents, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome though. I mean, um, I didn't even realize it was a band; it was just a cartoon. Right. So, I mean, I think I'm 33, so I got into music that my parents weren't listening to like pretty young. Like, I think the first cassette I got was Weezer's Blue Album, and nice. I, you know, that's much cooler than my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> 2 Secret of the Ooze soundtrack. Well, I mean, I was listening to that too, but I think that's what I thought they might be giants were. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. I would have just got the Tiny Toons soundtrack. Like, I didn't realize it was, you know, there wasn't the, you know, kids now even at that age just look it up on the internet and be like oh but they weren't like prevalent on like mtv which is probably where i saw like weezer and stuff so right i mean I they might have been but not to where i saw them a lot. Yeah, i mean like birdhouse i think may have gotten like late night mtv play i'm thinking i mean that was a platinum selling album they had to have gotten some play for those music videos um but i don't know i mean i guess i could Look that up. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Tiny Toons soundtrack, because they made soundtracks for fucking everything. Because oh, yeah. these days, you don't really need... I mean, you'll still see soundtracks come up on Spotify or whatever, but people aren't... Do people buy mm-hmm. Do people buy soundtracks <laughs> these days? I mean, you'll hear about, like, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead oh, did yeah, some yeah. soundtrack or whatever. Maybe maybe people buy them. I don't, I don't know. know. But everything, like, soundtrack came out for 
everything. I feel like it's probably more um, horror movie scores now. Like, yeah, maybe like that's the, been and popular. Like, and like the Stranger Things, like yeah, those yeah. those guys who. Uh, what was it? What's the band called? The guys um, that did that music? It's like one word. Is like thinking uh, of disaster piece, but I think there that was uh, that other movie. It was just something that like wasn't even any sort of fancy word, but it was like all caps with spaces in between. It kind it of like, all sounds the same to me. <laughs> well, and I, and I like it too. I know that they used the Juno sixty that mm-hmm. I own, so I was a pretty big fan of that. Uh, Stranger Things band. Uh, eh? <laughs> I thought survive. Oh yeah. Survive the yeah the the, the band survive so I, close to Survivor. Yeah, that's not a good band name. Survive. <laughs> no, it's not. That's why we didn't remember. Yeah, exactly. Like I think about it in this day and age, like you need to make your band name Googleable. Yeah, and a lot of bands are making it like, like I said, like disaster piece one word or like hashtagified or whatever. Like a yeah. yeah, but then like if you if you're like oh this is a word but I'm gonna purposely misspell it then mm. people are not gonna know the proper misspelling of it to find you yeah uh, let let's see if Outdoor Valor is still as Googleable as it once was because we we named the band in 2004 before we were ever really yeah, a band there you go Outdoor Valor Bandcamp our website our Facebook our Twitter our music videos our SoundCloud on Musical Family Tree it seems Punk like a News, Amazon. <laughs> like I paid I paid Google. See, and then on the second page we come up with some like velour couches. Oh, there you go. But then you've got us someone put us on Discogs? Who's selling our shit? Why wouldn't they keep our records forever? Some shows we did. See, we just stumbled upon it. It's mostly because we were really into Mates of State. Oh yeah. Do you know yeah. Mates of State? Oh yeah. Right? Another uh, couple Oh, I actually band, two piece I have a, rhyming name. They tweeted back to me once. That was one yeah. of my favorite, uh, like, getting a tweet back from a band um, because I uh, said that they were to blame for uh, the Ting Tings. <laughs> just for their name. <laughs> yeah, well, because of um, I mean Madden Kim and a lot of yeah, bands that uh-huh. maybe I don't like as much as Mates of State, who I've always liked, and they responded, "Don't blame us for the Ting Tings." <laughs> Yeah, I was also wearing. I, I still have the velour. Like I had like a, hey, like a soprano style like tracksuit. I just wear like the jacket, but I had a velour uh, jacket that I'd wear outside all the time. So those are the two reasons when we were recording like Pedro the Lion covers and my on like one of those little. This would yeah, two thousand four. Like a, a, a mic, a mic that had its own little base, a computer mic, and it had a little like bendy thing, and the mic was like the size of like a. Smaller than a dime. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Or you're, or you're you're probably just younger enough that you're like, um, you're like mics haven't always like been built in into a, the a computer? music video or something. Yeah. Now, I mean, for a long time, yeah, now the mics it are just built It sounds like right a, um, one of those things in Donkey Kong Country that are hanging off those fish. Pretty much. Yeah. You used to have to buy a webcam <laughs> and have to buy the microphone because your computer just had the goddamn screen. It didn't have all that shit built in. Uh, okay, so what is this podcast about? Uh, they might be giants. So okay, so Tiny Tunes, and what? Well, did you say what was the first album of theirs that you like? You were aware of them, and you mm-hmm. and you bought the album. Ooh, bought or um, stole the yeah. album. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably dug into the discography more when I like got into college. So um, I mean, 
I was listening to a lot of screamo and emo in high school and Hell punk yeah. pop and all that. And then, uh, and then I graduated in 2004 and then I went to Ball State and I worked at their student um, radio station, which I got kicked out of, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I've gotten kicked out of every... If it's worth telling, we don't have any time constraints here. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, for Kicked out for playing too much They Might Be Giants. They're like, knock it off, kid. Well, my... It was one of those things at college radios where they actually had the radio station on the TVs and the dorm rooms and everything, so people could uh, listen to it that way. Uh, so it got uh-huh. broadcast throughout the campus pretty well. But um, my friend and I, we had like an hour slot, like eight to nine, and we would just do. Um, we decided we'd do like a whole like hour just doing like morning zoo voices. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we'd like, hey, you're listening to. Greg Lindberg, WCRD, the bird. Oh, yeah. And my voice hurt so much. And then we did like the NPR, like really quiet. And within the same show, or like, no, like one week, you'd set, come yeah, back and yeah, you'd yeah. do Nice. And then um, we did one where, and the main offense that we did was I guess we played a commercial that was in Canada. It was a real commercial for a laser light show for um, uh, Zeppelin. It was like a laser Zeppelin show in Canada. Yeah. And uh, then we said that we were going to give away tickets that um, <laughs> to a, a show that didn't exist. We said that, we said that Nirvana, the f- remaining members of Nirvana and Slayer combined in a band called Slurvana. <laughs> Slurvana. <laughs> and that we were giving away tickets. And I guess that was like a big offense, like to give a fake giveaway. You didn't get a warning? They're just like, I mean, you're done? We played like, I mean, that's a bigger offense. I think the first, uh, first time we were on the air, I like got confused by what song it said not to play <laughs> because it had Please cursing in it. Song. Yeah. So I played the one with cursing in it. Um, but yeah, uh, th- there was a long <laughs> list of like my friend made jokes about Terry Shivo or something that really dates that year, but it was fun to get kicked off the radio. But uh, anyways, yeah, there was tons of it's pretty cool, man. Tons of, they might be giants um, albums there. And Minkar was one of them. And yeah. um, the, had the spine come out when you had mm, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, right around then. Um, so, yeah, that was in there. And just all the albums are coming out in 2004, 2005, that whole year. Um, so, uh, and then I was listening to them more, I think, after 2010 even. I think I had listened to their um, – well, I was writing for Tiny Mixtapes, and we had, like, a database where we could listen to a lot of music that was mm-hmm. older music, too. So I was able to catch up on their catalog. But also I think Spotify was a huge – game changer for me <laughs> that helps yeah there's yeah. so much that i you know i definitely like had hard drives full of like old music and had some of their music but i feel like just the accessibility of it even though it, you know i it's not quality but it's there for me to <laughs> yeah i mean there's so much like yeah for for getting into a band like they might be giant spotify is perfect because you can sample before you decide which of the 20 albums am I going to buy or which one of the like 10 compilations and several live albums and all these, there's just so much there. Um, I mean, I'm consider them my favorite band, but I don't own everything they've put out. I mean, for one, I'm not going to buy all the compilations because I have everything else already, but like there's EPs I don't have. Like I've, I don't even know if I could say I've, heard everything because things keep popping up that i've never heard i mean for one thing like all the commercials they've done mm-hmm. and stuff like that and theme songs like stuff keeps coming up and like how is there a song by my favorite band that i've never heard <laughs> like it's just it's because they have yeah. 700 songs i mean well, the uh, only way to hear like that's 
like even some of that stuff was like to be in a fan club, but even in like bootlegs and then there was like as message boards started. Like that was like the only mm-hmm. way, right? Or passing yeah. it around and yeah. shows or Yeah, I spent a lot of time especially yeah, before before I met Kara in college, I spent a lot of time messing around with the synthesizer that you see still sitting over there. And uh, on the old Lima Pajillion's uh, website that predates the wiki, uh, <laughs> that the wiki kind of came out of, and uh, just like chatting with nerds, you know, <laughs> about the Lima Pajillion's. Yeah. And it was great. And looking on Vintage Synth Explorer, uh, just that, that was pretty much it, those two things. And, and playing like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 <laughs> and 2. But uh, yeah, that... <laughs> Answer your, your question. I, um, yeah, I think Lincoln probably was the first one that like I bought on like I think I the albums that I really wanted to have I bought on vinyl. Like I think sure. when I got into college, that was when I really got into vinyl. So it was like something I really want to that I really care about. So Lincoln was the first one you bought, but you bought it in like the two thousand, like late two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. it was a repressing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- I think I have a first pressing of the the self titled and Lincoln because I mean they're one of the few bands that only like my absolute favorite bands do I own like the same album on multiple formats, mm-hmm. you know? Because like the way I heard Lincoln and the first album was the the, the when I first heard him it was the then collection which is the double CD that has all that junk those albums and all the B sides, <clears throat> but then I'm like well I want the actual because like the artwork on it was like a ship in a bottle it wasn't the artwork from those albums. I'm like, I gotta have it for like the artwork. So I bought the first two <laughs> albums on eBay and the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 2004, 2005. I mean, I don't know if they had, if they had even been repressed by them, but I'd, they were at least like, probably they seem old to me, <laughs> though they're in decent shape. I got the one framed <laughs> up there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting because uh, I'm trying to get some, uh, I mean, different ages of guests, like my parents mm-hmm. were on the Istanbul episode. Um, one of my private lesson students, kind of takes lessons from me, is into them and his, his, because his parents were really into them. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be on an episode. He's a sixth grader. And I'm trying to get just like different, because they're one of those bands that really spans, especially since mm-hmm. they've started kids' albums. I mean, you could say like their fans are anywhere from, you know, when are you first aware of like, mom, play that song again, you know, like, yeah. you're, like three or four or whatever. All the way up to like you know mm-hmm. they've been around forever, so their oh, their older fans are old. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe what they're near in their sixties themselves. So. Maybe I why I didn't listen to them for so long is because I didn't really like I said like the t- I didn't understand if they're like a kids band. Like I just didn't listen to them, so I didn't. Know. Yeah, I guess they'd already put out no. That was two thousand two, I believe. They put out no in between Minkar and the Spine. So by the time you were really getting into them, honestly, they were doing both yeah. things. Yeah. And I mean, I grew up like obsessive about like Weird Al, and I feel like that's a good crossover with They Might Be Giants. But, My like, first cassettes were Weird <laughs> Al as well as the, the I, Secret of the Use Center. <laughs> and I mean, and then you know later I learned like um, 
everything um, you know is wrong is kind of like a style play of like they might be giants and uh huh yeah and I I think maybe even just learning that I was like Whoa. you just start going down that rabbit hole and like listening to everything and then uh-huh. yeah. I, I wasn't a mega fan but then like in a week <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a good band to an easy band to get sucked in by I feel like like if you get if you get their vibe like if their vibe is it fits with your vibe like they can get their their claws into you pretty easily because there's just so much there and you're like well i haven't listened to this album and then you know with spotify especially or youtube or whatever and you just like keep going and going there's endless material i mean i was talking about this with my friend missy who's on she was on the um why does the sunshine uh episode and we talked about even with that song like well, first of all, that's a cover as well. So there's like, we talked about the original and then their 1993 version, which was slower. <laughs> and then they did a faster version and then they did a corrected version, Why the Sun Really Shines on Here Comes Science. So they're like, yeah. even for that like one topic and that one song, there's like all the, there's four versions of it. So it's just like, mm-hmm. she, she said like, if you went like to the very first recorded the MIP Giant songs and listened to everything they've released in order, how long would it take you? And their <laughs> songs are not long, but mm-hmm. to listen to 700 whatever <laughs> songs like in a row, like, yeah, <laughs> you'd have to order a lot of takeout, like, you know, to, to, to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's all really like, I think the biggest turning point for me was just like, maybe it was Lincoln where it clicked, but like before I thought they were this novelty band. And there's so much more than that. Like, I don't think... Lincoln's my, a good one. I don't think I was mature enough, like, even in the song we're going to talk about. Um, there's just so many shifts in genres, and I can see how that could maybe turn some people off mm-hmm. from them. But, like, I feel like once I, it kind of clicked with me, like, how they do music and how the what expertise of what they do, uh-huh, yeah. especially, like, you know, it, it isn't always just hokey. And, it, and there's, a, like, a lot of intelligence behind like they fit somewhere exactly. between like yeah the mountain goats and <laughs> and weird Al or something but right right what they do nobody else does it like they do so yeah i was actually playing them in my classroom and my sixth grade band came in to start band period and um first of all they've and this has happened twice. They're like, is this you singing? This sounds like you. And I'm like, well, thank you very much. No, it's not me. Uh, and then one of my flute players, she's like, sounds like Weird Al. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, Weird Al's awesome, you know. And, you know, I could see, I don't know. I, I It was some song with accordion in it. So, okay. You made that relation, sure. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, nothing wrong with Weird Al. Weird Al is incredibly talented. Um, but yeah, I think people, people hear like, Maybe they've only heard like Boss of Me or The Daily Show theme song (laughs) or, you know, stuff on themes and be like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just like throwaway stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like Boss of Me, it's like, oh, they're like a power pop band, which they can do that really well as well. But then if you like nudge those people to go backwards, be like, what the hell is this? Like they're a very hard band to nail down, especially in those early days. I mean, they still do a lot of genre experimentation, but... Lincoln, I think, was really where they figured out the balance between the pop and the weird. Mm-hmm. Like that, I'd, I'd, call, I'd probably call Apollo 18 my favorite album, but Lincoln would be my second favorite. Yeah. This is probably a terrible comparison, but I like really got into Ween, and I feel like <laughs> they might be giants or like family-friendly Ween, you're, in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah uh, my friend Scott Curry said the exact same thing on uh 
What episode was he on when he said that? He did a couple. Um, Can't Keep Johnny Down? I don't know. He did Can't Keep Johnny Down, and um, by the time you get this off of I Like Fun, on one of those he made that comparison as well. And I've I've never been into Ween. I don't know if it's like... I don't really have any good reason why, so I won't even go there. I don't. I don't necessarily dislike them. I just never got into them. I don't yeah. know. Maybe because they might be giants was already completely mm-hmm. filling that that headspace for me. I, th- <laughs> I think the comparison for me is the childlike quality okay, for the yeah. two bands. Yeah, and, and they do a lot of like genre experimenting, right? Mm-hmm, like exactly. didn't they put out like a country album? They're two completely different bands, but yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love yeah. that country album. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have heard people talk about that one specifically. I should, P- I should up a check rope, that one out. Listen to that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard someone mention that song specifically, yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it's like if they might be Giants did a whole album like uh, Alienations for the Rich or like Number Three mm-hmm. or like those kind of songs. Like uh, they've, they've done some, some country-type <laughs> tunes as well and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, so let's uh, actually talk about the song. We're 24 minutes in. Uh, Working Undercover for the Man is the last track on uh, Mink Car... And it was also, I wasn't the EP of the same name, mm-hmm. and that came yeah. out the year before? Yeah. Let's just double check stuff. Cause I didn't know that until recently. <laughs> I just thought it was on Mink, or I mean, I probably knew from Spotify. but Yeah, right, <laughs> when you're like looking right at it. Um, uh, okay. They didn't put it on the European release of Mink Car? <laughs> weird why would they rob them of that song yeah it's a great closer for an album though I europeans just don't understand like the man i don't know it, maybe maybe that's not a terminology they they throw around there. they don't maybe, call their government the man yeah maybe it was controversial <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, we actually do use the the government stopped it they're like we actually do use rock bands to spy yeah. on people <laughs> you can't put this song on this album <laughs> So the Working Undercover for the Man EP, yeah, that came out in 2000. Oh, May of 2000. Mm. Uh, do you know the date that uh, Ming Car came out on? And I'm thinking September, but I'm probably wrong. September 11th. Oh, yeah, yeah. The September oh, 11th. Of 2001. <laughs> oh. 2000, two, 2001? Oh, yep. wow. September 11th, yeah. 2001. So the it's EP came out more than a year. Yeah, same with Jimmy Friends World. With Jimmy World Bleed the American. Blueprint. Jay-Z's The Blueprint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jimmy World, Bleed American, then Did they re- re-released it. Yeah, because yeah. then they re-released it very quickly as just a self-titled album. So weird. Released on September 11th called Bleed American, and the record label is like shitting their pants. It's, it's sure. weird because I remember around that time, like, um, Tuesdays was huge, like, when out new albums came out. And then, like, yep. in high school, for me, like, the types of albums I was into, they were really cheap at Target, and my grandma would like go buy them while I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, and or I'd, Best Buy. Like, yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, it was awesome. Seven ninety nine. It was Tuesday. It was great. Except yep. for well, that except for that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great day. <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was a good era for buying CDs. Because yeah, if you went like the week an album came out, I remember like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fever to Tell. I bought oh, for like yeah, seven ninety nine, yeah. and like I would get shit I wasn't even. I didn't that even know what it in. was. I think when I got yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of this band. I mean, I got like the Rooney album because I heard they mm-hmm. were somehow related to Phantom Planet, and then yeah. like I'm like, well, it's eight dollars. Sure. Same. Yeah. Yeah, and I've all, like, I still have all those. I'm like, oh, why not? Let's keep it. It's got a couple good songs on it. Uh, so okay, so Minkar. Okay, Minkar was recorded between ninety nine and two thousand one. So so. 
I guess that would make uh, Working Undercover for the Man one of the older songs being written during that time if it came out in 2000. Um, did they put it out on They Might Be Giants Unlimited? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and Boss of Me was from that time as well. Okay, Man It's So Loud in Here was the only single, but then Working Undercover for the Man was an EP, mm-hmm. so they didn't count it as a single. I don't know. So there was stuff released before Minkar and Working Undercover for the Man was one of them. Um, so l- let's watch the video of John Flansburg being silly for the camera. And you, mm-hmm. so you've ha- you have seen this or you have? Uh, I'll know when you play. <laughs> okay. So the first version. Oh, yeah. Planning midnight rains on our unsuspecting fans while the horn section runs the video surveillance van. <laughs> so in this version, the horn section runs the video surveillance van. In the main car version, yeah. the roadies rig the video surveillance I like that van. change. Yeah. <laughs> Let the horn section play their horns. I like the roadies being in the horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, so that version does not have the bridge, oh. which I always think of as like kind of like a Spanish, like flamenco yes, almost yes, kind of yeah, part. Absolutely. Right? Which totally is a total shift from the rest of the song, <laughs> which, I mean, I guess you could call it one of their like power poppy kind of it, songs. It's kind of right? why I picked this song, too, because I feel like it's... Um, kind of the antithesis to the other song that we're going to talk about at another time. Uh, and they do you something similar. The- <laughs> okay, I don't... It's not... Uh, yeah, we're going to do um, uh, Your Racist Friend, too. So that kind of similarly has a interesting bridge where it's like almost a metal breakdown and then it turns into... <laughs> yeah. uh, Almost the filming kind of too, like I like a little Latin, yeah, the <laughs> trumpet and all that. I yeah. mean, I, I that was the first song I picked, and I like how like I think that song like 2016. I started seeing it pop up a lot of places for obvious reasons. Oh, I <laughs> but, know there's a lot of videos with Trump in it, or like you know people that associate with Trump looking at him while that song plays. But I mean, I feel like that song's uh, very earnest. Uh, and not like overtly political, but then also it's not very jokey either. But then this right. one is kind of like, you know, we're this, you know, we're this like liberal band and stuff, but you, everything, like everything you thought was wrong. Like, <laughs> I just love the whole, I think like why I love the song too, is like even just the line, like fake it to make it or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Paid to fake paid it. To fake it. Yeah, in the I traveling think band. That's like a T-shirt there. Like paid to fake it. <laughs> paid to fake it. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, coming out in uh, 2000, and then the album in 2001. Like rock had. There was like the rock resurgence mm. with like the white stripes and the Strokes and all this. And um, so I think the idea of like, especially coming out that time. Like the painfully cool bands, like the Strokes, like mm-hmm. oh, these guys got a cigarette dangling <laughs> from their mouth. Their hair, you know, they look like '70s rock stars. Where they might be giants have never been a part of that, and, and like playing this, doing this song, is kind of <laughs> like, well, what if these guys? What if they're really not so cool yeah. after all? They're actually, they're 
actually working for the government. Like, yeah. something uh, it, it's very funny about that. Like, it, it was the height of like the cool like Brooklyn mm-hmm. bands, and they're this Brooklyn band, and they're like, maybe maybe we're we're the opposite. <laughs> it's a very like absurd and jokey like song, but it's like what two and a half minutes or something, and it mm-hmm. it hits like hard. But I feel like it uh. It, it it doesn't it still like hits that medium ground where it still feels like serious it feels like a song you could hear and you're not gonna like laugh like out loud you're just gonna like tap your foot or whatever like mm-hmm. and I think that kind of for me that's what they might be giants do for me a lot is that like I can enjoy it on different values like I can be like this is a hilarious song and there's it's got so a lot many of layers levels. yeah yeah the football <laughs> is growing it works on so many levels. <laughs> There are lots of Simpsons clips and other things dropped into these episodes just because <laughs> Have they I ever can't been on the it. Simpsons? That's a good. I feel like they're a band they that should, should have been. How have they not been? <laughs> They've had to have oh. done something with the Simpsons. We were just watching. Uh, I don't know if, if you were ever into Blink One Eighty Two, but are oh, yeah. you familiar with that's the podcast Blink One Fifty Five? I've seen you post about it, but I feel like that's something I need to listen to because <laughs> it's just funny. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of them anymore. Like if you ever had love for them, mm-hmm. it, that's all that it really takes to listen to this because these guys that that do the show are are just crazy. And um, someone tweeted, or they found, or someone found it, a, a Travis Barker uh, behind the scenes on The Simpsons recording their lines for when blink was on there and i can't remember what um tom says but but travis's response is supposed is um man you've been saying that ever since we were blink 12 (laughs) and like that's the joke but like he's supposed to be like upset about it and the producers are like louder man you've been saying that ever since we were blink 12 even more (laughs) man you've been saying that ever angrier Man, you've been saying that ever. <laughs> they're just like, like, try to yell at them. And he's like, man, you have to like punch me or something. And it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. If they have been on The Simpsons, I mean, the White Stripes have been on The Simpsons, yeah. Green Day has been R-E-M. on The Simpsons, Smashing I mean, like, yeah, yeah, way back. I mean, yeah. the, the Smashing Pumpkins got in in the, the golden era of The Simpsons. <laughs> Sonic Youth, too. Yep. Uh, and Peter Frampton and uh, Cypress Hill. <laughs> Cypress Hill stole my orchestra. <laughs> oh, okay, man. Okay, so back to, uh, yes, kind of on topic. Have you visited the wiki at all? Have you? I have a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good place to get mm-hmm. lost in, too. Yes, yes. Uh, so <laughs> let, let's read a little bit of this quote from Flansburg from bandoppler.com. Is that a thing anymore? <laughs> Bandoppleropolis. <clears throat> Ben Doppelpopolis. So he says, it's more a meditation on the mod squad than anything else. The idea of the narc just seems, uh, and this is obviously, (laughs) it's it's not summed up into nice, clean sentences. Those episodes of Dragnet where they have the young undercover, uh, dress in a hippie suit. The whole thing about being in a band, you can almost think of everything as a costume, which... Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's like the Strokes. You could say they're putting on, you know, they've got their leather jackets, they've got their tight yeah. jeans. Like, it's the rock star mm-hmm. costume. So, yeah, so Flansburg's like, uh, there's something artificial about it, but you've you've taken everything from street life and then incorporated them into a stage show. There's nothing normal about being on stage. There's nothing true about being on stage. I guess the idea of rock music, people in the rock culture are so hung up on this notion of authenticity, and even more so in punk mm-hmm. rock, 
that it's painful. And I just thought that the idea of the guy in the band, he's just a narc. With <laughs> It was kind of exciting. So, to reveal a larger potential lie. Now, here's the unfortunate part of this quote. Like, maybe the guy in Soundgarden isn't really on the verge of total emotional collapse. Maybe he just thinks his hair looks really good today. Which, now, after Chris Cornell dying... <laughs> Does not look so good on this uh, quote here. So uh, there are a couple yeah. of people that work on this wiki that uh, have listened to this podcast. I know they should take that part of the quote out because <laughs> it just looks really shitty right now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, eighteen years ago when he said that or whatever, Chris Cornell's um, a good is a great was a great guy. I think so. You know. Yeah, but, but I mean, he definitely was that kind of guy that kind of like oozed that effortless cool. Or maybe Flansburg was like, maybe he's trying really hard. I think to be he was cool. just a, somebody and, uh, that I, they probably even appreciate themselves. I don't think that they sure. like the Giants are the kind of band that are throwing. Punch. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, not, not a, they're not talking <laughs> shit. You know, I think. Yeah, I think they can appreciate those cool bands. Anyway. TMBG they're, on TMZ just. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're... Talking they're, shit about, like... <laughs> God, I, I would be so crushed if anything ever, like, finally came out about these guys, like, being that would... horrible or, like, doing <laughs> something horrible. Like, God, I mean, like, the only thing that I can tell is that they drink a shitload of coffee. Other than that, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, have either of these guys even ever smoked a cigarette? I mean, I you know, <laughs> it's, uh, they're... Maybe um, just take down that quote and then... If that's their biggest sin, then we can. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. I like I like that I um you get the uh, quote. There's nothing true about being on stage because I think like that makes me just think about the song on like another level again too. Like mm-hmm. I, I always think about that uh, Pablo Picasso quote that like art is a lie <laughs> that makes you like understand the truth more. And I feel like that this you know it is jokey, but you, if you want to get like all intellectual about it, they might be giant song. You could do that with a lot of their songs yeah they're, they're smart guys there's there's uh, you know even though they usually won't admit to there being any like deeper meaning they, they they tend to like to say that their songs are just literal like no matter how ridiculous it is and here i mean he's pretty much just telling you like what the song lyrics already say he's like you know there's an arc in this band yeah and there there are more layers to it but they're not going to admit to that because they want you to like dig for it yourself or kind of think about it they're not going to be like oh here's what it's about but here's what it's really about we're just going to tell you flat out what this song is really about because then you don't have to think about it yourself i i don't think that they could have imagined how like relevant it would be in 2018 like another reason i picked the song is just like conspiracy theories like people Ugh. people there's probably somewhere out there on the internet where they actually believe the song is really true or something right like <laughs> it's like a helter skelter type scenario yeah. there's a cult forming around this song <laughs> but i i think it's you know it's like satirical about conspiracy theories too and uh-huh. like we need more of that now because now like it's all bleeding into reality in the worst ways in some instances with the internet. So like, I, I think the song's pretty relevant even today mm. as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as just what's true, what's not, you know, like another song that's really, uh, I'm not going to take credit for this. It was in the that Facebook group that someone brought up kiss me son of God as being like a Trump's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and it is painfully accurate. So right here, they also have a little trivia bit that prior to the studio version, because it says that uh, it was first played three years prior to the album, September 8th, 1998, and it's performed 72 times. It's saying prior to the studio version, 
uh, was performed live that was more of a, a 60s pop song. So I think probably more like, like what are you saying, mm-hmm. like the, the narc and like the, uh, mm-hmm. the thing about like a 60s, like late 60s psychedelic yeah. band, you know, that we're all sense. into drugs, but then there's a narc in there's it. There's kind that, of like a 60s pop gospel feel to it too. With Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not, I wouldn't be like right up like, oh, that's a, you know, pastiche of like 60s, mm-hmm. you know, pop songs, but it definitely still has some of that in there. Do you know what keyboard they're using on this one too? Because I mean, that's what's really prevalent is that uh, vocal... Effect, yeah, which we've yeah. all used that before. We're like, yeah, the, I can't do anything with this, but they did something that is very listenable with that. Yeah, I know. It's funny, like you hear, you know, for being in a band for over 30 years playing the keyboards, I mean, as well as accordion and, and you know, reed instruments and stuff like that, Linnell has continuously found ways to use keyboard sounds like that are either like completely unique or like, Man, that sounds just like the preset on this like yes. $30 Yamaha keyboard where it's like, it's called like choir, mm-hmm. you know, preset yep. or whatever. <laughs> it's so great. And then Flansburg does his shanana's over that. Uh, well, let's see if in the credits here, usually, I don't know if they, they usually don't list the uh, exact like type of keyboard he would play. That would be, I would love to know that. I yeah. would love if there is, I don't know if you've heard, there's a guitar nerd site that, um, what it was the site called? It, they'll have like the pedal board setups mm-hmm. from like like Jay Mascus, you yeah, know, nineteen ninety two tour, you know, mm-hmm. setup his rig. I want to know what I want to know what John Linnell was <laughs> playing know. with Flansburg. I mean, with Flansburg, you know, you can like see what guitar mm-hmm. he has, but like you see live shots of Linnell playing a keyboard. Usually, it's it's harder to tell, like unless it's got mm-hmm. a very prominent name right on the front of it. I want to know what he's been working with. <laughs> And so he plays, I mean, it just lists him as keyboard, but like, I thought there was some sax on here, but I guess it's just oh, trumpet yeah. and trombone. Hmm. And it says that the, the horn charts were written by Flansburg. So that, I'm not sure how often that happens. Mm-hmm. I always kind of assume that if there was any horn thing, it was either Linnell writing it, if not playing it, um, or, you know, since they've been a, a bigger, you know, yeah. uh, four or five, five piece that, that they've let the horn guys come up with it, but... Flansburg wrote those horn parts. I think that's a pretty cool part of the song. Pretty cool horn chart, I think. It adds so much like gravitas to it. Like you could just have just the keyboard and like even acoustic guitar, like on a radio show or something. It would sound great. Yeah, yeah. Though, man, if you were if you were just learning how to sing and play guitar, there's a C sharp diminished chord in here. That's not a beginner's chord. That's, maybe that's part of the joke. Though, that's right? why he's working hard. Uh-huh. He's, you know, he's paid to fake it. You know, just like just do just do a power chord. It's fine. <laughs> um, it, they make yeah. it sound so simple too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it really is a good closer. Um, I was trying to. Oh, did I link to that? I was looking at. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll dig into Reddit and just see. Um, I found, like it was even it was even like it was, like it wasn't close to the release of the album. I read it wasn't around, but it was a, quite a while ago. They did like a Survivor style showdown between songs just on Mink Car. Oh. Like some user mm-hmm. was like, yeah, yeah. "Let's face off the songs." Yeah, I've seen those. Uh, and let me see if I can find this because this song did not do too well, from what <laughs> I recall. Mink wow. Car. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I thought this was kind of a song that's underrated and people do like, but. I guess I don't know how 
in the ultimate fandom how well it sits. Yeah. It's definitely made some lists for sure that I could think of, but Okay. Okay, so that was just round one. Let's see. Let's see. When does it get voted out? Round four. Uh nope, it's still in there. How did Wicked Little Critter get voted out already? I love <laughs> Wicked Little Critter. <laughs> and that synth sound. <laughs> uh, let's see. Round five. Uh, nope, still in there. So unfortunate this came out on September 11th. Right. Uh, what are you going to do? I can help. I can't help yeah. that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I was thinking I got voted out a little earlier. Made a fair way in there. I'm going to keep looking at this just because I'm curious. And this this is good radio right here. Okay, it actually, it actually did okay. It uh, made it past the halfway point. And I feel like Flansburg gets, uh, there it is. It had been voted out by round 11. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flansburg gets the shaft a lot of times, I feel like. If you ask, I don't know, I really should start asking every guest this. Like, if you had to pick a John, mm-hmm. who would you pick? Yeah, yeah. And most people will pick Linnell. Mm-hmm. Because he's got, like, the catchiest songs. Yeah. I mean, Flansburg's no slouch at writing a melody. Mm-hmm. Um but I think, like, without Flansburg, I mean, John Linnell has released a solo album, but without Flansburg, like, I think a lot of the weirder elements mm-hmm. might eventually get lost because Linnell's just like, pop, pop, pop. Like, his arrangements will sometimes be weird, yeah. but, like, the melodies are always just, like, Well, Flansburg's locked. a little higher octave, too, right? Like, is that something that... With the singing voice? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they both have a pretty good range. Yeah. They have a different kind of, you know, timbre to their voice, but... um I don't know. I mean, would you if would you be able to pick one if I made you pick which John? Um, yeah, I mean, I that's yeah, that's difficult because <laughs> I, I do it. <laughs> well, for this song, yeah, I would say Flansburg for for this, but um, my opinion He's changes got so every many day. Great yeah. Songs. yeah, I mean, this is a catchy friggin' song, and it's What's got some it's of got his cool other concept? like Flansburg, like, yeah, biggest ones. Well, like put your hand inside the puppet head. Um, was you know the first like hit Mm -hmm. or fan hit at least you know it was their first music video too and it was a flansburg one Mm -hmm. um purple toupee well actually that's he just sings the choruses in that one i like the ones where they share parts Mm -hmm. and and apparently there are some songs where like they'll pass it off to someone else like in the i palindrome i episode i did we found out that um flansburg actually did I mean, the known version is the Linnell version. Flansburg actually did two different dial-a-song versions that are drastically different and drastically different from the studio version. Basically, he was like, I got some here, this title, I pound drum eyes, there's something there. And he tried a version, eh, and then he tried another version, eh, okay, Linnell, you take it. And he wrote a completely different song with it. Mm-hmm. So there are times where like they'll they'll pacify de- ideas, and I would hope that that would be the case. You think yeah, with yeah. any, especially a duo, right? It's just two guys that have been going forever. You know, there's got to be co-writing there. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are like, "This is a Linnell song. This is a Flansburg yeah. song." But do, is it really? Like, I've never know. been good at picking favorites with the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do gravitate towards the the Linnell songs just because mm-hmm. I'm a pop. It depends know, on the month or. Sure. season or <laughs> yeah for me yeah but like if you think about stuff like <clears throat> you know like lincoln um 
if it didn't have like Cowtown or like some of those other like weirder ones, it would just be like a, you know, a little avant-garde, but a pop rock yeah. album. But then Flansburg's songs, or at least ones that he sings lead on, mm-hmm. are the ones that keep it in that kind of weirdo. Yeah, and I gravitate Brooklyn. towards the weirds. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's the mix that's mm-hmm. that's the cool thing. Yeah, but I think as far as Ming Car goes, this um, this, album, this song is a good closer, and uh, it's, it's weird that it it's it might be one of my favorite. I mean, Cyclops Rock maybe is my favorite mm-hmm. Flansburg song on. Mink car. Um, I mean, yeah. do you think it's tacked on since it was like, I don't, you an know, older one? Yeah, since it was an EP, and then they're like, well, we have the song we like, and then we put it on there. Like, and it is the, the same version. It's the same version as the EP. I feel like it fits well with the album because it is such a strong, like, closer. Like, it's, yeah. Just, it makes you want to just listen to it again, you know? Especially the way it ends because it ends kind of like on a, the chill note. Mm-hmm. Like, it, has just the 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 choir keyboards and the shanahs, yeah. so it kind of gives it kind of like a nice resting point at the end of the album. I, I really miss like back when you'd listen to CDs and it would just start back on track one. And, and when I think going in from working undercover for the man to bangs is like awesome. Like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, bangs is a great. I think that's something too. we don't like. I don't think people will really appreciate as much anymore because I think just being able to have an album where it just like rotates and rotates. Yeah. I mean, if they were, if, yeah. And if, if there were anyone who listened to this podcast and for some reason had passed over the album in car, maybe rather than going and buying the whole album, they'd just be like, yeah, I like that song that they were talking about. I'll mm-hmm. just buy working undercover yeah. for the man, or I'll just go stream it or put it on a Spotify playlist and never get to hear hopeless bleak <laughs> despair. I'm come on. I have to hear like the album as a whole. Yep. Uh, and, and then, you know, I, if I make playlists or whatever in Spotify, like, they feel like out. Al- they have to feel like albums too, but like yeah, I- yeah. We we understand sequencing. <laughs> we've been in bands long enough. We've put out albums where you have to sequence your own songs. That's the hardest thing. Deciding <laughs> which one of my songs is the you should have, best one to put first. You should have some episodes with just or maybe a poll out there like on Twitter or whatever about like how people would resequence some of the albums because that's you know because <laughs> I've started up a, a Patreon. Um, Shut up, dog. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. And uh, for $5, you can get exclusive episodes every month, one that's not just about a specific song. And I already have a poll up here. Oh, oh, wow. I'm not logged into it. So there's a poll about what the first exclusive episode should be. And by the time this episode airs, there probably will already be an exclusive episode mm-hmm. up. I don't know thinking of putting one up in january and i think i might have a recurring segment of a john versus john like friendly debate where i would get two guests on one who prefers linnell one who (laughs) prefers flansburg and i would just like moderate the uh town hall debate (laughs) uh yeah but then that's i mean that's another good idea to to like talk about an album as a whole, in, you know, not like the individual episodes will be about oh, different yeah. songs. I'm sure fans, but have like done talking that about too, resequencing yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> you're like, I burned my own version of Mink Car because I really thought yeah. that hopeless bleak despair should be last, so that I want to kill myself after. And then like, when you <laughs> add demos and B sides, and yeah, you can make your whatever in your mind is the superior version yeah. <laughs> of Working Undercover for the Man is the one minute and thirteen <laughs> second version. <laughs> On the, on the video with Flansburg uh, 
playing air guitar. I do like that video though. It's, I like the aesthetic <laughs> of like VHS quality. That era, like like <laughs> Doctor Worm, uh, that episode just came out um, at the time of recording this, and uh, there's a really good version of of Doctor Worm with with Linnell in front of the camera. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> So good. I just these guys they just they don't they just do their own thing and they don't care what they don't care about being cool. That's part of what a, one of the coolest things about them is that they don't care about being cool. <laughs> they will be their smart avant-garde weird selves and they I can't know. imagine them ever being in like a meeting with executives being like you need to put out this single and needs to sound like this like I <sighs> Except that meeting with the uh, with the with the German people, like you can't put this song on the European version. We're actually doing that. Yeah, <laughs> every German band has a narc in it. Oh boy. Okay, so I found one cover, and it's this guy that goes by the name Astral B, who I played. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's like the fifteenth episode I've recorded, and I know on one of the episodes I played one of his piano covers before. Oh yeah, which and he's a good pianist. I did and he, see this, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's check this out a little bit. Astro B. I'm not sure what his. First, he says, "I loved the song when I heard some early live recordings of it. Then, when it came out on a record, I only half loved it, <laughs> having been changed from a cool rock ballad." So he's saying it's a ballad. So the wiki was saying it's a nineteen okay nineteen sixties style ballad into a disco. I wouldn't call it a disco pop rock. I don't really hear any disco. Stuff. I guess on the part with the horns, it has a so he 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 claims that his cover is a crossover track somewhere in between the original live version, whatever that is. We'll never know unless somebody listening digs it up. That would be great. And he says his arrangement is closer to the original. So let's check this out. Astral B. I do like the aggressive nature of his playing. Yeah, it's a little more like if Ben folds ish or something. Yeah, yeah, I like the, the like the, just the constant ethos. Yeah. Like, he did a good version of this. It, uh, I just get the more ballady part of it. Yeah, yeah. His voice. I I saw the video, but I hadn't listened to it, and uh, yeah, I didn't. Ex- I thought it was just an instrumental, so I didn't expect him to sound exactly almost like it yeah uh yeah i mean people tell me i sound like the johns when i sing and i'm like this probably just because they're like 50 percent of my listening habits from like age 14 <laughs> like maybe i just like gradually started to sing like them i don't know uh but here while we were listening epco fan 51 seven years ago said does anyone have an old live recording of this I only have the studio version at 2007. Version? Oh, wow. I'm really interested to see the difference. So then Astral B himself says, Epico Fan 51, send me your email and a private message oh, wow. and I'll send it over. So maybe I should hit him up. Yeah. Uh, if he's still like available here, this was seven years ago. I'm not sure what his. He's somewhere. Uh, let's just go to his YouTube channel <laughs> and see what, what he's been up to lately. Whoa. Ah, ah. 
Oh, so he's still he's still talking about the MMP Giants here. Oh. That was nine years ago. Hideaway Folk Family and Bastard Wants to Hit Me mix. Okay, so he's still rocking some some They Might Be Giants stuff here. And that was wait, that was nine years yeah, ago. Yeah. Where what what have you done? <laughs> a month ago. There we go. Okay. All right. He's alive. Ooh, they might be giants live in London, nineteen ninety, full Ooh. set. Can watch that later. Yeah. <laughs> they that might looks be giants like good cover quality, show. Too. Oh, it looks like is that him playing accordion in this? See the constellation? It looks like it, yeah. Oh man. Is that Astro B playing accordion? Nice, they got a backing track, just like they should. (laughs) I'll definitely play that on... uh, I'll have to keep this guy in mind for future episodes. I don't know if he has Get him as a guest. You know? (laughs) I should. He's still active. I should hit him up, definitely. Uh, look at that cover photo. He's got his accordion right there and his eyes very staring into my soul. <laughs> I got to click over to a different tab. That's disturbing. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, are there more covers out there? I mean, anyone listening, if you know of any other covers, like there have been a couple occasions where after recording an episode, I've found something and then I'm tempted to like go back in and re-edit it. I'm like, how much time am I going to sink into this podcast? I've yeah. already spent two and a half <laughs> hours editing this this episode should I re-edit it just to put in this one cover and be like, editor's note, we found another oh. cover. Here it is. I don't know. Or do I just go, nah. Keep going, then you can have an engineer do it for you. That's me, though. Well, you can hire an intern. <laughs> yeah, once, the, once that Patreon money, money shoots up from, uh, I think I'm getting $6 a month you can right use now. use a Purdue student as an intern. For free. Them. Yes. <laughs> Surprisingly, for me not considering myself to be that good, I've already had two people three people shadow me and producing stuff and i'm like you know i'm not like famous or anything right this is not gonna do anything for your resume <laughs> uh it's for high school credit okay well that you know that all right uh so i think well yeah we've just about hit an hour and i know you said you gotta yeah gotta head home pretty soon is there anything else that we haven't talked about with working undercover for the man that uh i mean what anything else you want to get off your chest <laughs> i mean i track? think we really like covered all you can about this song i mean That's i kind of the idea i'd be interested in hearing people that are like i just hate this song and why they hate it because <laughs> <laughs> that always interests me too but um yeah yeah i just couldn't imagine putting this on and disliking it even saying my opinions change like there's songs that I like more and less, and then it, mm-hmm. you know, switches around. But on this one, would you, know, you say it's your favorite song off Mink Car? Probably, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I think so, yeah. Cool. But I, I think the hard part is that it's just at the end too. So, like, you, it sticks yeah, with you. Yeah, sure. You got to listen to the I've Got a Fang episode, episode mm-hmm. two. <laughs> that uh, for a, a song that only has like four lines of lyrics. Mm-hmm. We got into some shit there, and I, 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 I think you'll like that yeah. one. So go listen to the goddamn episodes. You're on one now. Go listen to the other ones, Greg. Oh, yeah. Come I on. Will. Okay, so the last thing, I'm going to make you score this song. That is the final segment okay. of this show. Even though you've been like, oh, I don't know, maybe Flansburg Linnell, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to make you firmly, I'm going to pound on the table, and I don't know what it'll sound like on the mm-hmm. mic. 
and say, score this song between 1 and 10. I will have to score it as well. And you can use this decimals, like, this fractions. This is scores? Yeah, well, I mean, the reason <laughs> I like... You can use fractions if you want. I think I gave Fang, like, 8 and three quarters or something mm-hmm. just because it gives you a little more wiggle room rather than because like so the only perfect 10 i've given so far is dr worm mm-hmm. but the anna ing episode which will have aired by now i gave it a 9.9 just yeah. because it's like you know i can't give too many 10s i've only given maybe one under seven yeah. i don't know if i'm ever going to give a song a one but still like you got to have a little wiggle room in between mm-hmm. The numbers. So between one and ten, with any sort of in betweeners, what would you score? I'm gonna <laughs> working undercover for the man. I want to go with my gut, but then I was like, well, maybe I want to go like four decimals down. But I, uh, I mean, so overall, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I think most people have been doing it like in terms of like relating to other they might be giant songs. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of like I've set like Doctor Worm as like one of my absolute favorite they might be giant songs. So I'm kind of like rating everything else compared mm-hmm. to that. I mean, I think I gravitate towards lyrics first of all, like any song I listen to. So mm-hmm. I think that this this one and I like uh, paid to fake it. Like I just think that's gonna be something that always sticks with me in like a very um, clever way. So I, I think you should steal it for one of uh, some t-shirts <laughs> it, you make. That's a good band name. If there's not a band out there named Paid to Fake It, there needs to be. So well, let's, let's, let's take a look. Let's <laughs> and they have a cover of the song. Paid to Fake It. Let's see what comes up here. Uh, oh, 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 wait. Wait, fake it till you Ladies make it. Ladies get paid okay. to fake it. Paid, paid. <laughs> oh, paid to fake it. Uh, band. Bandcamp. Oh, that helps. Whoops. Autofill. There we go. Conformist. Of the album is called Paid to Fake It. Uh, okay. Oh. They're from the UK. I should see if they're the Giants even... fans. Yeah. <laughs> they so, only heard the European version, so they never got to hear the song. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? My gut. Go with your gut. 7.2. <laughs> okay. I, I was going back down go to 6.8. Well, I, you're I saving know. room. You're planning on coming on a lot more episodes, oh, or else yeah. your racist friend is going to be uh, higher, is what I'm I thinking. Think I think your racist friend might be a little bit higher, but mm. I mean, I feel like that can change anything. I, <laughs> sure. I'm too uh, moving around, but it is one that I really like, and I I don't want to just like even ones that I think might I might might have been higher for me. I think mm-hmm. other people pick those ones too. So <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like I, I I can only give so many nines and tens. I think I'm gonna give mine just like just a flat seven because uh, I think it's a really good song, and a, a seven is good. A seven yeah. is a good song. And I do love it. It's not my favorite on Mink Car. There's quite a few I'd put ahead of it, but it's a very strong song. And you are, you've been convincing me and making me think I should rate <laughs> higher. But just think about even songs on this album that I would rank higher. I think I got to. I'm kind of kind of surprised I didn't raise it. <laughs> me me it too. I'm like seven point two, man. I thought oh it was just at least gonna be in the eights. Oh no, I put Pitchfork in my mind, and I just started like. <laughs> 7.2 best new music because we don't give anything over i'm gonna nine. give it a 3.1 now <laughs> and the they've the been around will for just too be long. a gif or something like the <laughs> they've been doing this for too long and and uh pitchfork or they might be giants <laughs> <laughs> but just give it up yeah fucking narcs <laughs> <Tell you. laughs> okay so um 
Do you have new recordings up on uh, Bandcamp that people should listen to? Because musicians, I've been dropping in some songs for you to plug your own shit. Yeah. What do you think? Should people I listen to something? I put out a um, like some of my favorite songs that I've done um, a couple weeks ago. And so, what what where on where on the World Wide Web uh, should they go? Teenbrigade.bandcamp.com. Teenbrigade.bandcamp.com. I'm going there right now, yep. kids. So you I kids like the internet? It's a picture of my son oh. with a like a pedal board that's like the one you would see off of like Amazon of how to like set up a Digitech pedal board. And he's got the mic going through. Yeah, it's kind of purposefully jokey, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! And you got a lot of tracks on it. So is yeah. this like so? This is like a greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. Breen Brigade. Breen Brigade. I don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> By Team Brigade. Breen yeah. Brigade. Teamagrade.bandcamp.com. What uh, should what song should I put in this episode? Mm. <laughs> Which song of yours would you rate a seven point two? No. <laughs> what would you rate a ten? Um, probably two point seven on all of them. That's that's pretty high. Uh, Can't forget. Nobody go to the bandcamp. <laughs> nobody listen. <laughs> I think um, I'm trying to think. Uh, probably John. Bates or maybe Amtrak. Am the first track. I mean, is a very just a got a um, old keyboard. Uh, okay, something uh, you think the they might be Giants fans Amtrak would too. appreciate. Yeah, yeah maybe. All right, so it's, let's it's uh, yeah, silly. let's listen to Amtrak by Teen Brigade. Cool. All right. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Any other social medias you want to tell people's about? Because we just got like millions of listeners, like just immediately, I'll tell you. So, you know, get ready yeah. to see those followers shoot right up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can follow me on Twitter. I post a lot of nonsense and um, at, at MC Greg, but vernacularly E M C E E G R E G. And I think uh, that's a stupid name. I mean, Greg. What kind? I don't have that many followers, but I I got a lot of followers because I uh, my Twitter handle for a long time was Cars Three when that movie came out. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) There's a lot of people from Mexico that started following me, thinking I was the official Cars Three Twitter. Outdoor Valor gets followed by like outdoor wear companies (laughs) and like like workout clothes companies on occasion. It's weird. Okay, cool. So. Signing off. Uh, Thanks for being on, Greg. That was fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Might Be a Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod, on Facebook, facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. You can email me at This Might Be a Pod at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail. I want to hear your voice on the podcast. Call 224 801 2930. This Might Be a Podcast is produced by me, Greg Simpson. This episode was edited and mixed by John Walker. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Gianni W. G-I-A-N-N-I-D-U-B-Y-A. Gianni W. You can find his music at Sci-Fi on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Now that's Sci like uh, S-I-G-H-F-I-G-H. 
on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. That's his music. And he has podcasts that are on a catch-all station called FYIZ on iTunes and everywhere else. Please, if you like what you're hearing, go give us a rating on iTunes and anywhere else. Give us that five-star rating and please subscribe wherever you listen. If you really like what you're hearing, you could head over to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next time. Yeah.